Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Do you want to know the secrets to saving money shopping this year? If saving money is your secret love language, stay tuned for my interview with smart shopping expert, Trey Bodge. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.
Have you listened to the previous episode with Trey yet? She was on the show in early 2020, pre-COVID, <laughs> and she shared some of her favorite tips to save money last year. And then, well, you know, the you know what kind of hit the fan and the year changed completely. We all shopped online, many retail stores closed, and we were all looking for any way we could just to save some cash. Well, Trey's episode was one of your favorites last year, so it only seems fitting that we bring her back to share more money-saving secrets for all your shopping needs this year, because this year, a little bit different than next year. So by the end of this episode, you'll know some of the best apps and browser extensions to save big, when to buy what, and some real talk about how to curb online spending. Trey's the expert, so buckle up and let's save some cash. Trey, I am so excited to have you back on Millennial Money. Thank you so much for being here. I am thrilled to be back. We're talking about one of my favorite subjects, saving money. <laughs> and <laughs> I wanted to start, you were featured uh, in, a, in a recent Vogue article that I loved. And it talked about this idea of going from shopaholic to a saveaholic. And you shared that we all need to learn like some just a few little tricks to sh to shop smarter. Tell me a little bit about this. Like, what are those? What are some of those little tricks that we're missing? Yeah, this is such an interesting interview because the writer is a shopaholic, and he's also more of a high-end person and so um, that was fun for me because it, it's very different than what I am accustomed to I mean typically I if I'm doing a podcast or I'm on a, a tv show I'm, I'm talking up to someone who's also very budget-minded like me but it was so interesting to talk to someone at Vogue of all places and talk about uh, how to save money on your designer clothes right so I think that in many cases if you are more of a high-end shopper, um, changing the way that you think about shopping is mm. really important, uh, especially obviously do the do throughout the pandemic, a lot of people have had to make financial adjustments because they are, they may be unemployed or underemployed. And so this was really about changing that frame of mind and, and not making uh, those mistakes that you've potentially made in the past, especially now, because you might not be able to afford those things that you've been able right. to afford in the past. Um, you know, one of the, the main things that we talked about in the article was um, if you are going to online shop with which, of course, so many people are doing now and so many more uh, than in the past, there are very easy tools that you can use to save money along the way. I mean, for instance, Google, you know, we all love Google for various reasons, but Google has um, something called Google Shopping, which they've had for a while, but they've they've updated it and made it better. And so if you are looking for a specific item, you know the brand, you know the name of the product, you can use Google Shopping to see where it's being sold and for how much. And that's oh. a great way to kind of look all in one place like, oh, I see that that sweater that I want is at Macy's, it's at Bloomies, it's at Nordstrom or Neiman's, and you can see how much they're selling it for. So that's one thing that we talked about. And then the other thing that we talked about, which is something that I think applies to almost anything, um, that any shopping uh, that you're planning to do is to use at least one browser extension. Um, so browser extensions, if if your listeners aren't familiar, is it's a, it's a tool that helps make your browser smarter. And as you shop online, you will automatically be alerted to available deals that you can take advantage of very quickly and easily. So I recommend it for this article and, and for basically everything. Um, Coupon Cabin is one. They uh, specialize in cash back and also coupons. And then SlickDeals.net has one and they specialize in coupons and they're their coupons are more crowdsourced, so they have 12 million people right. uh, looking for deals at any given time. So <laughs> that's crazy. It's, it's crazy. And like, you know, um, I'm just over here like by myself looking for deals, but 12 million deal seekers looking for deals is a, is a pretty great army to have behind you. So those are two of my favorites, but there are so many others like Rakuten and Retail Me Not and Amazon has its own. And so really, you know, look around and see what which one appeals to you or like I do have four or five running at the same time, <laughs> which is probably overkill. Maybe one or two is good, but these are just tools that help you shop smarter and help you save money where you maybe think that you couldn't in the past. And are are you really saving, you know, sometimes 
maybe I should ask this question a little differently. Sometimes I get listeners who ask me, is it worth the time and effort? Am I really going to be able to save a significant, whatever that number is, amount of money over a particular month, a particular year, Mm -hmm. using some of these extensions, some of these tricks? I mean, I always argue yes, but I would love to hear your input. I would say yes, too. So, you know, that's a great question. So there are some tactics that I find time consuming, like clipping coupons, for instance, or, um, you know, looking in your circulars that come in your mailbox. To me, that's almost like one step too far. <laughs> I just don't have the time or or the patience. And I don't really care about saving 30 cents. Um, right. I do care about saving $10, $20. Or for example, um, I bought a, a refrigerator last year. And so this is maybe another another good strategy is to time your purchases, especially if you're buying something big, like a refrigerator. Buy it if you can. Obviously, it doesn't help if you're in an emergency and your refrigerator is broken. But if you can wait, say, till next month and buy it when those items are on sale, like, for instance, in May, Memorial Day is a great time for, say, mattresses and large appliances. So if you need a new fridge, you can wait until May if possible. You're already going to save a lot. And then, for instance, for me, like, I... I, um, I used Slick Deals. They have a deal alert feature. I put in the name of the fridge and the model that I wanted, and then I was automatically alerted when that item went on sale, and I saved about $600 on my fridge simply wow. by just you know good timing and using a tool like that. So absolutely, these tools help you save a lot of money. And frankly, you know the, the tools that I just mentioned are so easy that they don't take much effort or time, and you don't even have to remember. Like with a browser extension, you don't have to remember anything. It just automatically works for you. So for me, it's like all about taking the effort out of the equation and saving at the same time. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do the old rules apply that that certain times a year are better to save money on, on certain things? Are there any other examples you have throughout the year that are better times to maybe focus on purchasing certain things? Sure. So, you know, it's kind of, there are the obvious ones like uh, for apparel, for instance, shopping at the end of the season or for things like, um, like patio furniture and grills, you know, if you shop at the end of the summer versus the very beginning, you're going to save more. So those are more obvious to me. Um, But then there are things like three-day weekends. Like everyone should think of a three-day weekend as a sweet spot for sales. You know, the, you've got three days, retailers are, are, pushing sales out during that time because of their anticipating um, enhanced foot traffic or click traffic. Um, so that's kind of another easy one that you can kind of think of. And then there are things that that maybe take a, a, an extra minute to think about, like July is a great time for electronics because Amazon Prime Day, assuming that it goes back to July instead of October, which it was in 2020 because of the pandemic, but July historically is a great time for electronics because of Amazon Prime Day, plus lots of holiday and July sales kind of happen around that time. So that's a good time that you, that's something that you may not know about. um, But that one is really, really helpful for buying those pricier electronic items. And then of course, we know Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, electronics, it's another sweet spot there. But like maybe something less common would be TVs right before Super Bowl. Um, There are always TV sales right before Super Bowl. And so, you know, whether you're a, a sports fan or not, you can get good savings on your TV right before Super Bowl. So there are things like that. I mean, I, I cover this every month on my on my site and also on MSN just to kind of help people along because, you know, we all have plenty of things to think about. <laughs> Never mind, like, is Super Bowl a good time to buy a TV? Right. That's, that, that's so a good way to, I guess, get the wheels turning, though, in your brain is to start thinking about that. Like, I would have never thought, like, oh, right, before Super Bowl probably is a great time to buy TVs. Mm-hmm. So sort of using that logic to other times of the year is probably a great way to at least investigate whether it's it's a good time. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, talking about going back to shopping online, I would, I mean, obviously, 2020, almost everybody shopped almost exclusively online. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, do you have any, I don't know if they're mindset tricks or hacks or whatever you want to call it, but 
some good practices for shopping online so that we're, you know, there's like this disconnect, right, between spending our money. There's this mm. emotional disconnect. We just push the button, money comes out. We don't actually really physically see it leave our bank account unless we're looking at our bank account. And so it's easy to overspend. It's easy to, especially during emotional times, just buy things or you see a deal. Do you have any tricks about how you can maybe... I don't know, put some sort of guardrails in around your around your spending? Yes. And so, you know, this is something I've talked a lot about this year because to your point, you know, people were feeling distressed through the year and and looking for ways to soothe themselves and shopping uh, <laughs> online became, you know, a big sort of minefield for a lot of people, especially those who um, are, are struggling financially because of the pandemic. So it's like, a you know, a double whammy where you're underemployed or unemployed and then you're trying to soothe yourself by shopping and it's like, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, a couple of things that, and I think everyone's different and everyone's going to respond to things differently, but um, you know, I, I suggest a couple things like looking at your budget and creating maybe a little allowance for yourself. You know, if it's $25 that you have um, a month that you can spend on something as a little treat, you're going to spend that money much more wisely if you only have that finite amount to spend. So um, allowance is one way. And then, you know, there's another kind of trick that sometimes works where, you know, if you're shopping around, especially on Amazon, which can be, you know, so yes. dangerous because it's like you can get literally everything on Amazon, but, you know, putting things in your cart and then walking away, um, coming back the next day or a couple days later and reevaluating what's in your cart and say like, do I really want that, you know, weird thing from, <laughs> from China that, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> so that's something to think about, like, you know, just taking, giving yourself some space and then also making educated decisions when you shop as well. And this isn't necessarily a money saving tactic, um, unless you're buying things that are going to fall apart when they arrive. Um, but really reading reviews, um, because I think especially with Amazon, it's like the whole world is available to you. There are so many great things to buy from all over and you really want to pay attention to what, if people have taken the time to report back on their purchase, look for those verified reviews and Walmart has them and you know, several other um, online retailers have verified reviews. So you actually know that the person bought the thing and they're not a bot. Um, and then see, you know, is it this, is it really as beloved as you saw in that advertisement on Instagram or is it not a great high quality product? And so, you know, being measured about what you buy, but then also buying things that are really high quality as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, so is uh, bots something that is pretty prevalent on, on certain sites? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, reviews, you can buy reviews just as easily as you can buy followers on Instagram, you know? Mm. And so, you know, the retailers are cracking down, so it is easier. You know, the verified reviews kind of cuts through the clutter there. But, you know, like anything, people are gaming the system left and right. So, you know, what I also do is I look for verified reviews. I read the, some good reviews. I also read some bad reviews. And then I also try to find reviews elsewhere. Like if I'm buying something on Amazon, I might look at Walmart or Target or somewhere else and try to read some reviews there. Um, and then also something that I think that many people are new to online shopping this year, obviously a lot of the later adopters, you know, older Americans kind of got excited. I know, you, you know, your, your listeners are mostly younger, um, but you know, if you're buying from somewhere that you're not familiar, and I posted about this on Instagram, I actually fell victim to this myself, which I couldn't even believe. I was like, I do this for a living. How did this happen? But, you know, some some companies market to younger uh, viewers, like teens, for instance, and tweens, if you have kids in that age range, you know, my daughter's 14, and she was like, oh, look at these awesome sneakers from this cool place. And I was like, hmm, I don't know this business. I've never seen it before. And let me just, you know, do a little digging. Let me read the the return policy just in case. And it sounded okay. Like it was, you know, you have to return it within this time and it may take this many days. Um, and, and I thought, you know, oh, while we're at it, like, are there a couple other things that you need? Like, let's make this purchase worth it. Um, and that was one of my mistakes because we, <laughs> the three things that we bought, the sizing was way off. The quality was terrible. And so I thought, oh, gosh, now I have to return it. And what I didn't realize from the return policy as it was written was that I had to return the goods to China. 
And I was like, wait, I just spent $54 and now it's going to cost me $50 to send it back to China. And I had steam coming out of my ears and I couldn't believe it. I tried to dispute the charge with my credit card company. They wouldn't honor it, even though the return policy was different than it was written. And so then I was left holding $54 worth of merchandise that I couldn't use. And I just thought, wow, that happened to me. You know, like that could happen to anybody. And so just... Be careful if you're ordering from somewhere that's not familiar. I would read the return policy, but then take it one step further, maybe and maybe shout out on Facebook to your friend group or your neighborhood group and say, hey, has anybody ordered from this site? Did you have a good experience? Just do the due diligence so you don't make the same mistake I did. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. 
And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. We have an Ask Shauna. This one comes from Becca. Becca says, hi, Shauna. I know you're super smart and always sharing tips about saving money. I'm curious, what are some of your favorite ways to save money? I moved home to my parents during COVID and I'm planning to move back to Chicago in a few months. So needless to say, I need to get back in the habit of being super intentional with my savings. Let me know if you've got any tricks up your sleeves and keep the episodes coming. Becca, thank you for a great question. Very fitting for today's episode. And I'm so excited to hear about your move back to Chicago. That sounds exciting. So make sure you have some deep dish pizza for me. That is definitely a request from me to you. If you've never had Chicago deep dish and you're listening, let me tell you that absolutely needs to go on your bucket list. It is carbolicious, gluttonous, cheesy, bready, everything that you might be concocting in your head, but <laughs> it's probably the best, like, I don't know how long it takes to eat the deep dish pizza. Let's say best 15, probably doesn't take 15 minutes, best 10 minutes <laughs> of your life. You kind of feel a little bad afterwards, but it feels really good going down. All right. So Becca, back to your question. This is a great one. So you're asking me specifically about ways that I've saved money. So I kind of had to take a few minutes and, and really think about this. But here are a few things that really come to mind. One of the things that I've done, particularly over the last, I would say like five years, is get really mindful about my spending. And I talk about this a lot on the show, but I talk about it because it's a transformation that I had to make. And so I really want you to be able to make that transformation as well. So when I say mindful spending, it's really about tracking where my money is going every week. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm trying to spot little areas for change. So for instance, last week, it was just sort of an ordinary week. And obviously, we're not really going anywhere. But for some reason, we spent way over the amount that I had allotted for shopping for the week. I don't know, we both just got kind of wrapped up in sales and spent more money. And so I was able to notice that and say, okay, there's a couple of weeks left of this month. So how can we maybe set some boundaries around our shopping so that things don't go completely crazy? And the mindful part comes because the reason that we're doing that is we have all these other goals, money goals that we want to achieve. So the shopping is not a bad thing. Obviously, we're getting some good stuff or stuff that we want. But what it does is it starts to detract from the goals that we have, that we want to send money in different directions to meet those goals. So it's about being mindful. It's about being present. It's remembering 
the different things that you want to do or that you want to achieve. And so for me, that's really the power of tracking your spending. And it's not so much about budgeting, but it's about being really conscious with the choices that you're making. Another thing that I did was getting what I call like really down and dirty with my whys. Again, why would I choose not to buy something? So this goes back to that mindful spending point. So it's attaching attaching why I'm spending money to a goal so I can mentally understand my decision. So if I'm in that moment, I'm going to hit the button on the buy now button. I have that that time where I reflect and say, okay, A, do I really need this stuff? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes it's no. If it's no, okay, I, I could do something way better with this money. And again, it's not about like eliminating things, but it's just about having those moments of making solid choices so that I know that we're inching towards all the other goals that we have. And sort of the last point to piggyback on that one is I tend to pick one area of my spending to work on each month so it doesn't feel overwhelming. (laughs) So for instance, this month, it's the shopping category and I'm going to be super laser focused on the shopping category and not so much on the others. Of course, I know that I'm trying to stay within a certain amount of money for those other categories, but I I just don't want to feel so overwhelmed with my money. Another couple tricks that have really helped me over the years with, with spending have been maximizing credit card points and cash back. I mean, credit card points, I can't even tell you how many free vacations we've received from credit card points, cash back. So it's just about using a credit card effectively, paying it off like a debit card every month so you don't have the interest, but you have all the perks. We also look for like all kinds of ways to save money. We call our credit card company to lower interest rates. We ask to waive annual fees on credit cards. I've shared many times how I call twice a year internet cell phone companies. Am I on the best plan? There's usually a better plan that is less expensive and we end up spent saving money. But then it's other things like what fees am I paying on my investments? All of this adds up. And so it's all worthwhile to not go crazy, but again, pick pick one area to work on each month, something that feels feels doable. And then I say, okay, am I putting my savings to work? Where am I sending my savings so that it's growing wealth, so that it's growing us in a positive direction? And last thing I want to say is one of the tricks that I've used over the last few years, and man, I love this one, is creating a fun fund. So a savings account specifically designed for having fun. We put a certain amount of money in this every month. And then we have a list of all of these fun things we want to do that cost money. And so we pick something every week and we do that fun thing. Now they all don't cost a ton of money and we are living in still a COVID world. So it's not like life was before, but it's still this idea of having some fun. Money can be stressful. It can be daunting. So find some things that you that you really want to do, whether it's an online class or go check out an outdoor museum or flower garden, or I don't know, whatever it is, but you save a specific, specific amount of money. That's a tough word, specific, <laughs> so that you can go out and have some fun. So that's really worked for me, might be something that works for you. I hope that helped, Becca, and I'm so excited for your move back to Chicago I know it's going to be great and another another transition and there's probably so many listening that are going through a similar transition. So if you have an Ask Kashana question, I would love to answer it for you. Head to the link in the show notes, fill out the form. You can even state that you want to remain anonymous or you can head over to our website mmoneypodcast.com right on the homepage. You can fill out the form for the Ask Shauna. I'm so glad you shared that story. That is definitely a great example of even if you read everything, sometimes (laughs) still you get, you know, stuck. And thinking about going into 2020, we're already a couple months in, which feels crazy. But do you see any saving money trends that 
you think are going to be different this year than last year? Are we going to be shopping more in stores or do you think we're going to still primarily be shopping online? I think that in-store shopping will return to an extent. Um, but I, I've been watching online shopping, obviously, for a long time. And I've been surprised that it hasn't taken over more than it has. I mean, everybody's kind of talking about this retail apocalypse and brick and mortar is dead. It's just not true. I mean, you know, people love to go in stores. They love to touch and feel and stroll and, and you know, just have that experience. And so I think that brick and mortar shopping will always live. But now that so many late adopters are shopping online, brick and mortar is definitely going to change. You know, we lost a lot of stores this year and some are coming back and we're seeing some differences, things like um, pop-ups, you know, which were becoming popular before the pandemic. I think they'll become even more popular now. Uh, Retailers might rethink um, putting permanent, you know, permanent stakes down and instead do pop-ups, you know, because it's become even easier to do pop-ups. So I think that pop-ups will become a thing more. Um, And I I do think foot traffic will return to a certain extent, but uh, online is, is just more powerful now. And I don't see that changing so much. And so really the retailers who are going to make it through are the ones who are doing it really well in both places. And so maybe it's not about having a store in every single city in the country. Maybe it's about picking and choosing. Um, and then you, you have online, right? And right. and retailers will be marketing in different ways. You know, they're already marketing a lot through the influencer marketplace and advertising online. And I think that's going to continue. Um, and so we'll see some changes and in innovations there. Uh, I do think we're just, we're, we're in for kind of a little bit of a reset, like once everyone's vaccinated and going into stores more, it'll just be interesting to see how much that changes. But my guess is, is that there'll be fewer brick and mortar stores, more pop-ups, and uh, online shopping will continue to be a huge, huge thing. Yeah, there's this retailer, I don't know if you're familiar with it out here on the West Coast called Fry's Electronics. And they used to have these huge stores and it was like the go-to place. You needed anything about computer or TV. I mean, everything was in this store. And I can't even tell you how much money I've spent in this store over 10 plus years. But they closed. They they shut down everything because they had the worst online store ever pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you couldn't even find anything online. So you were forced to go in the store. And of course, what they found is people weren't going into the stores, uh, particularly in California. And there was just, you know, they just couldn't justify the, the sales anymore. So, I mean, it's just so shocking to me when I see uh, retailers who have not done both successfully, like realize that it needs the online uh, component as well as potentially the in-person component. Right. And, you know, I, it was funny cause I hadn't heard of fries until, um, until they just closed. And I, I, I read about it and I thought, oh my gosh, like what a magical place. How cool. <laughs> and how short-sighted of them. Shame on them for not figuring out the online piece. And I'm sure that it would have been really challenging with, you know, they had a massive inventory from what I understood. And But, you know, people do it, right? And right. so they should have invested online. They'd probably still, still be in business today if they had been a little bit more forward thinking. And so, you know, that's what it's really all about is, and, and they could have expanded their business, really. It's like, you know, you, if they're only on the West Coast, they could have had the, the world at their fingertips if they had figured this out. Yeah, it was literally like, if you've never been into a fries, it was like walking into Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And it was the craziest experience because it, you felt like, what does any of this have to do with electronics? <laughs> but it was just one of those experiences. So I, I don't know, maybe they thought they couldn't replicate it online, whatever the reason. But yeah. uh, And then also thinking about the reality that we're all going to start traveling again, hopefully, at some mm-hmm. time this year. Are there any sneaky ways that we can save money on travel costs? What do we need to know about travel this year and potentially being able to save money? Yeah, so this, the similar approach to saving on travel is is the same as looking at anything else. And so browser extensions, again, are really helpful. Certain uh, times of the year are really good, like, you know, um, 
a couple months before spring break, for instance, a couple months before the holiday season, but then also last minute is really good. So those are the <laughs> kind of like little sweet spots. I don't think that'll change. I mean, I did notice actually in, in March, um, I usually see a lot of travel deals now because it's, you know, it's we're heading up to spring break and I barely heard anything. And yeah. what I saw was a lot of uh, travel gear deals. So luggage and noise canceling headphones for the plane and duffel bags and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I wrote about that instead. It's like, oh, well, I'm not seeing a lot of travel deals, but, you know, maybe stock up on the gear you need and then you're ready for your next trip. But yeah, I mean, saving on travel is a very similar approach. You know, sometimes timing is really good, but also using those digital tools, you can save quite a bit that way. And then, you know, using the right credit card when you're shopping, um, when you're shopping for travel, um, making sure that you're earning points there. Um, that's another way. I mean, especially because travel is so expensive, it's it's a great opportunity to earn some points when when you're booking travel. Yeah, for sure. Such great tip. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens with the travel industry this year. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely got an eye on that. And I know we chatted about this in the previous episode we did, but let's do a little refresh. Like, how did you decide to start a career in teaching people how to save money? Um, so the, the short version of that is that I've always been a penny pincher and, um, I, I had a, a beauty company with, um, with two partners for many years and that was my career. I always thought that I would just run my own beauty company forever. Um, but you know, right around 2008, you know, bad timing, I, I kind of hit a wall and I just thought like maybe it was a midlife crisis. I don't know. I was like, I'm bored. Like I, I, I need, there's more I can do. I can do more and I want to learn. I want to grow. And so I left my brand um, and I uh, thought that I was going to work for another beauty brand, like a big, I wanted to try like Estee Lauder or L'Oreal owned brands and, and no one could figure out what to do with me. <laughs> They're like, but you're not corporate at all. Like you don't, we can't put you in the box that we need you to be in for product development or marketing or what have you. And I, it was very frustrating, but that's like a lesson, such an important life lesson for me is that you have your ideas about what you want to be. And if a lot of people are telling you otherwise, you should listen, like, because you don't mm -hmm, know everything yeah. and you don't have that sort of big picture. You know, I kept saying, I want to be in the lab and I want to make makeup. And they're like, you're not a back of the house person. Like, we don't see it. And I was just like, but I want to do that, you know. <laughs> and so I started just randomly through a couple of friends who were editorial directors at a couple of sites. I started writing budget friendly um, content like gift guides and tips and things like that. And then retail me not, um, the coupon site was very new and they were looking for a lot of content it was very similar to what I was already writing. So I started doing a lot for them and then they were looking for a spokesperson and I kind of put my hand up and, you know, I was like, I'm media trained for my beauty business. I've done QVC, like maybe, you know, can I jump in and help you? And then I served as their spokesperson for a few years. And then they had a, a pretty big layoff. They had kind of a reset, which was necessary, I think, for the company. And um, I went off on my own in 2015. And I just thought I'd learned so much there and so much from all the writing I had done that I was like, oh, I know a lot about this and I can help people. And so I've been doing it on my own for now six years. And, wow. you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm still chugging away. I'm going to keep going. And I do, you know, I do a lot of podcasts and radio interviews, TV, both national and local. I have my site, my blog, and I syndicate to MSN. And, you know, I'm just kind of cruising along. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So it's probably a better fit for me <laughs> overall. It's just to <laughs> kind of have my own thing. Well, and it never goes out of style, right? People always want to know, how can I save money? What are the tips? What are, what are the latest trends and deals? So it's one of those things that there's just always this curiosity. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I mean, last year, it, you know, for instance, in my household, my husband is a, he's a, a mitigation expert, he works in criminal defense, and like his, his professional life just like shut down for and it's just starting to pick up again you know because he can't go to the jails to visit his clients he can't you know in courts and no trials and all of that but in the meantime my job kicked up you know i my business grew by 30 35 percent last year because everyone wanted to talk about money and what was interesting for me is that you know like i said i do tv and you normally i'm on a plane traveling to do the segment or, or you know going into new york city because i live right outside of new york city but i didn't have to go anywhere because i was doing everything remotely and so 
in the past when I could do one segment a day, I could potentially do four segments a day. And so my business changed in that way because I could do everything remotely. And so especially during the holiday season, which is my crazy busy time anyway, I was much busier than I'd ever been. And so I just kind of sat here and like, you know, I planned ahead a lot, but there was a lot of incoming just random hi can you jump in on in 20 minutes and do NBC nightly news and I was like heck yeah you know <laughs> uh, so thankfully I was kind of ready and I have the equipment that I need the lights and the mics and whatever I needed to do that and so I just hustled last year and you know it'll be interesting to see what this year looks like obviously t- like you said the appetite to save money never goes away and so I feel very fortunate that I'm in this place but I in no way could have predicted that last year would have been so crazy busy. Yeah. Well, I I know you've talked about a few of your favorites already, but do you have any other favorite apps uh, that are kind of your go-tos for saving money or, or online sites? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned coupon cabin and slip deals. I love them. Um, I also love shopping with discounted gift cards. And this is this is kind of one of those unknown things. It does take an extra step. Um, but gift card granny is a site. I work with them a lot. And, you know, you can find a discounted gift card for um, CVS, for instance, and it's 10% off. You buy that gift card and then you shop with it and you've automatically saved yourself 10% on top of any sales that CVS is offering through their like mile long um, receipts. So that's like another thing that I love to use. And then um, I just recently discovered this company called GigaPoints, which is brand new. And we talked about credit card, um, earning credit card points. Um, it's a free platform that you you pair your credit card securely through the platform. They analyze your spending data and then they tell you which credit cards you should be using and maybe you already are or maybe you're not and i actually learned that i was using the wrong credit cards last year Ooh. i know and i was like oh my gosh like i thought i was so you know so smart <laughs> and i did all my research and whatever but what i learned is i was avoiding the credit cards with a larger annual fee because i'm a penny pincher right and i'm like i'm not paying 250 dollars for that but i would have earned i think it was almost 900 dollars more in rewards last year Wow. Not even counting, you know, minus the uh, the annual fee if I had been using the American Express gold card. So wow. I was like, oh, my God, like I learned something so important and it's a free platform. And I just think it's like the coolest thing ever. It's a very new company and I, I love the folks who are running it. And I'm just like, I'm so excited about this because they saved me a lot of money. And so if they save me money, they're going to save a lot of people money. I love it. That is so cool. So cool, right? Yeah. Well, if if somebody just magically fast forwarded the episode and landed here at the end of the interview, as we look out into 2020, what do you think are some of the must do steps we should take to maximize our savings this year? Are there one or two things that you think we should really be focused on? Yeah, and I think it's important to know, you know, that I, I I think a lot of people are still struggling financially. And so, you know, it's it's funny to talk about this, and I'm sure that you probably struggle with this. It's like, you know, you're talking to people who might be unemployed still, or they're, they're waiting for that stimulus check, which is obviously taking so long to arrive. Um, and so, you know, I think it's really important to be realistic about what you can do right now. And if you can't save at all, then it's okay. You know, you might be playing some catch up later. You know, I look back in my life and there were times like when I left my beauty brand, I was barely earning anything and we had our mortgage and, and I couldn't save at that time, not for college, not for retirement. So I lost a couple of years there, but you know, when business is good, I do a lot more. And so I catch up. So I just wanted to kind of put it out there that people should be kind to themselves right now. If you are struggling, don't put the extra pressure on yourself to save. Um, but if you do have a little bit of wiggle room or at the very least do like a do like a spare change account like an acorns which i'm obsessed with um you know like things like this you you attach your debit card they take the spare change from your purchases like 50 cents 35 cents and they invest it for you and you barely feel the pinch even if you're on a tight budget and then what you could do with an account like that is you can double or triple the spare change if you're feeling a little bit you know better financially or you could set auto withdrawals so to me something like that is a really easy way to save money and it's it will go with you whether you're really cash strapped or you're in a, a little bit of a 
better position financially. And so that, and then, you know, giving yourself maybe a shopping allowance <laughs> instead of, you know, soothing yourself by, and going over budget, try not to buy beyond what you can afford that month. You know, if you're, if you're using these savings tactics, like we talked about, and then you're, you're carrying balances forward, you've just negated any effort that you made to save money simply by paying finance charges. And so these are the little things that you can do. Um, and then, uh, setting it and forgetting it in some way is also really good. You know, I do that with acorns. I do that with my, my bank accounts or, you know, my IRAs. I have money taken out. So I don't even, it doesn't even exist to me. It just goes. And for me, that's very helpful. I, you know, it, I don't want to have to spend a lot of time paying attention to my finances. And so I do a lot of like auto pay, auto withdrawals. Um, and so I know that I'm like on track for my goals. Um, and then if I have a little money left over, that's great. And so, you know, I think a lot of people don't have time to spend on investing and saving. And so setting those, those, those automatic withdrawals can be a good way to do it. I love all of Trey's tips, but I got to tell you, I checked out GigaPoints after this interview and wow, <laughs> there is so much power in knowing which cards give you the best perks. It's pretty eye-opening. And I just want to say a reminder that you don't have to go crazy too with these saving money tools. Find one or two that you like and use those. And then when you get comfortable with those, maybe find another one. So just go at your own pace, but be open to the idea that maybe it takes you an extra second or two, but what if you could save 10% or 20% or even more? That's, that's real money. So if you want to learn more saving money shopping secrets, here's where you can find Trey. Sure. It's, it's always such a blast talking to you. And um, so I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And you can find me basically anywhere at True Trey. So truetray.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and then I, I also have a little side hustle, <laughs> which I don't spend a lot of time <clears throat> doing because I don't have a lot of time. Um, but I love teaching people how to get comfortable on, on air, on TV, on Zooms and um, things like that. So I have a little media coaching company with a partner. It's called OneTakeMedia.biz. And so if you're looking to get on TV or do podcasts or radio interviews and you need help um, preparing or dealing with nervousness and talking points and all that stuff, uh, check us out because we have some fun kind of one-on-one -on -one courses that we offer um, through through Zoom or Skype or FaceTime, your, your preference. Um, but that's like a little kind of passion project because I really enjoy helping people um, feel more comfortable in their Zoom meetings or on their TV segments or podcast interviews. Hey, and listen, if you like this episode, do me a favor, share it right now with three of your favorite friends. Go ahead, text them this episode. And if you're listening in iTunes, be sure to follow this podcast so you can stay up to date on all our new episodes. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.